Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope today's message encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy today's message. All right, let's go. You're there. I'm there. Man, God's spirit is here. We're going to be sensitive to that. Let him speak to us. Amen. It's so good to worship with you. Um, I want to take just a few moments and uh, do the best that I can to familiarize you with some of the, the worldwide partners that we have that, are, uh, that we get to partner with the work of God through them across the globe. Um, and I'm doing that for a specific purpose. For the last two years, we have uh, we've not taken a, a designated time like we have in the past. Now, uh, Ocean Church has been responsible for millions of dollars coming out of this place, going to missions, going across the globe, ministering, partnering with the work of God all over the globe here in Southwest Florida. And, and God's spirit has moved in such a special way in this house. And uh, in 2020, right before we, we started to step into that and what we, we called that at that time was Kingdom Builders Initiative. It was an incredible way that God was moving through our church and, and we were able to partner and, and step into these places. And in 2020, right before we, we were stepping into Kingdom Builders, COVID hit. And, uh, and the Lord just told us to hang on and, and to not, not worry about doing that. And, and then last year, the Lord didn't release us again. And so um, for the last two years, and I, and I want you to hear me very clearly, the commitments that we had made to financially support these places and these ministries and these people, um, that didn't change. And you know what? Without taking designated time to talk about it, you still have given and not one commitment has been dropped. Not one place was left unmet. Uh, but, but the Lord spoke clearly that we are to, to step back into this and we are to do so under the, the auspice and the banner of that prophetic word that God gave us this year, that there is more that he has for us. And so you'll, you'll note on your, if you look at the app, if you give through the app or you give through the website, it is now under the banner, our missions giving, uh, local, worldwide, and then expansion uh, is under uh, there is more. And so... This morning, I just want to familiarize you. Some of the partners that I'm going to talk about are partners that we have, have uh, been uh, in relationship with for a while. Some are new for us. Um, many of you have heard about Fire Bible. Fire Bible is a Bible translation ministry, a Bible printing ministry. And, and the Fire Bible is not just a, a Bible that's translated into languages that it hasn't been translated before, but it is a, a training discipleship Bible. And so what has happened, Ocean Church, and, and a project of translating uh, a Bible and, and the Fire Bible into uh, a new language is around a $400,000 project from start to finish. And Ocean Church is responsible for the bulk and the see-through of the Polish Fire Bible that was completed earlier this year. And that came out of this house. Now, now think about this. Uh, the Polish Fire Bible um, is being put in the hands of, of God's people in Poland who now are receiving the bulk of the refugees from Ukraine. 
and that the timing of this, that this project would be complete and that you and I would ha be able to, to give towards that and see that to completion at this time. It's just amazing. It's almost like the Lord knows what he's doing. And so uh, there's a project that Fire Bible has in front of us this year with a people group called the Chechnya People Group. They're a tribe out of Peru that has never had the Bible translated into, into their language. They're an unreached people group. And so we're going to step into that and see God meet people that do not know the goodness of Jesus. And, uh, and we're going to get to be a great part of that. Uh, one of the new ministries that I want to tell you about is a, is a ministry called Mission Possible. And we were made aware of this ministry by a, a family in our church that is here at Ocean Church. And um, they are from Ukraine, have lived in the States for a long time and, and moved to Florida from Chicago and, and have become a, a vital part of Ocean Church. And what, what Mission Possible is, is feeding, meeting physical needs of the people in Ukraine. And it is done by us putting food in the hands of local pastors. So the local churches in Ukraine, because we're stepping into this project, are going to have food in their hands that they get to deliver to people that don't have it in the midst of this crisis. And uh, it's just amazing that this opens up to us. And so you'll hear more about all of these. If you've noticed, if you're here before service starts, we, we've had videos of, of some of the, uh, the ministries and the directors and, and just talking about these things. Uh, Convoy of Hope is, is a ministry that we've been a partner with for a long time. And Convoy is just the, the ones that say, we're going to be there. What, when there's a disaster, we're going to be there. Everybody else is leaving and we're, we're going in. And so um, every time there, there's an outbreak of tornadoes or hurricanes or natural disasters or wars and all of those things, when, when that happens... You and I get to be a part of seeing God meet people in those times uh, through Convoy of Hope, and that's a wonderful thing. Uh, Priority One is uh, a, Bible, uh, a Bible school building ministry, and so we've been a part of seeing Bible schools built in Cambodia and across the globe uh, through Priority One to see God's people raised up. And the last one that I wanna talk about today Oh, let me, there's two, there's last two. African Vision of Hope is, is one that you've heard about. Pastor Angie just recently returned from being with them in Zambia. And um, they currently have 3,700 students, many of them orphans that have been brought out of, of horrible situations and are not just being educated, but are being told the goodness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and we get to be, uh, a part of that. We get to sow into that. And uh, recently, uh, they've had an outbreak of malaria in Zambia. And so, and I love what, what you're giving and obedience to what God's put in our hearts. What it provides us the ability to do is when there's needs that pop up like that, we're able to immediately step in. And so we stepped in and bought mosquito nets for them. And so the, the, the students, the kids, as they sleep, can be covered by mosquito nets and not contract malaria and, uh, and have to, to go through any of that mess. So those are, those are some of the, the, the partners that we have. And I just want to familiarize you with them. The last one 
is one that's a new partner with us. We, we showed a video as I, I did a Zoom call with Evan Levine um, a few weeks ago. And he is the, the director of a ministry called Hativka Project. And this is a uh, ministry that is centered in Jerusalem and Israel. And one of the things that God has spoke clearly to us about a new place that we're going to begin to sow and not just give, but that the first of what we do is going to go to Jewish missions. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, we know a lot, a lot of us know the first part of it. It says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And we like that. We say that. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of that. But, but that verse finishes with this. It says, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And it's important for us to recognize that the, the church, the early church, was not a Gentile church. It was a Jewish church that launched. And God's heart hurts for the lost. And he hurts for the lost Jewish people. He hurts for the lost Gentile people. And his plan that we, we see from, from the Old Testament is God chose a people and he said, I'm going to display my glory and my goodness through this people so the rest of the world would know what it is to walk as a son, as a daughter of God. And he did that through the Jewish people. And, and God's heart is for his people. You cannot read the book of Romans and ever believe that God has replaced the Jewish people with the church. We are grafted in one body, one family of God. And so it, it's vital for us. It's, this is something that, that God has spoke clearly to us about. I want you to know that the first money that leaves Ocean Church every month, it doesn't go to, to keep the lights on. It doesn't go to pay salaries. It doesn't go to anything else. The first amount of money that leaves Ocean Church every month goes to Jewish missions. And we give every month sowing to the work of God. And Hativka Project's an incredible ministry, and you'll hear more about them. And so uh, as, we, as we give today, I just want these things in front of you so that you begin to familiarize yourself with what God is doing and the places we get to step into. And so this will build this week. I want to familiarize you with with world missions next week, we'll, we'll look at some local places that God has opened doors for us to partner with. And then the third week, I'm going to talk about what expansion looks like and what it looks like to, to grow into to what God is calling us to and what is the more that he has for us as a church. And uh, it's going to be a good time together. So let's lift our hearts to the Lord as we give. There's a lot of ways that you can give the website, the app. There's an offering envelope in the seat back in front of you, but we're going to worship the Lord with our tithes and our offerings and our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. God, thank you that you would trust us and Lord, that, that your eyes don't have to search, but when they, they pass by Ocean Church, when they pass by our lives, Lord, that you would find faithful. Lord, that you would find those whose hearts are committed to you. And so, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to step in and to see you move in such powerful ways. We worship you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. That's like the longest intro 
I've had in a long time. Will you join me in standing? We're going to stand for the reading of the Word of God. I want to talk today about a vision of grace and what it is to live with a vision of the offering of our lives being lifted up to God. Numbers chapter 28 verse 1 says this, The Lord said to Moses, Give these instructions to the people of Israel. The offerings you present as special gifts are a pleasing aroma to me. They are my food. Think about that. That's a God of the universe saying, I am tying myself to your offerings. I am tying myself to the way that you respond to me. They're a pleasing aroma. They are my food. See to it that they are brought at the appointed times and offered according to my instructions. Holy Spirit, would you, as only you can, reveal, Lord, your heart for us. God, I pray that it, it wouldn't just be head knowledge, but Lord, it would become rhema. Lord, the, the revealed word of God transforming us today. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now listen, I, I told everybody at the, at the 915 service that I need you responsive today. I need you engaged. Um, and the analogy I gave uh, yesterday, we were playing football in the backyard. And uh, my son, I'd throw him the ball. And he caught it. And then he'd do the gritty. You guys know the gritty? No. Who, who's it? No, no, don't listen to Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil always tries me to do stuff, get me to do stuff over here. So Brooke started doing a little gritty there. All right, all right. I'm so sorry, Anna. <laughs> he started doing it when he caught the ball. And then you know what he started doing? It didn't matter if he caught it or not. He's still going to dance. He was like, it doesn't even matter. I'm here for the dance, not whether or not I catch food. So I need you a little bit like that. I need that spirit of Brooks on you that's just going to be happy and in it, praising God no matter what. So are you with me today? All right, good. Here we go. So numbers, God is giving vision to his people of what it looks like to function out of slavery, to function in the kingdom of God. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, that, that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And so God is teaching his people how that they have moved from a slave life, a culture of slavery where the work and the labor of their life was to, to work to, to make sure that they were pleasing, to make sure that they were protected, to make sure that they were provided for. It all came, and it was in this measurement place. I have to make sure that I'm doing enough. Now, your and my life is filled with necessary, wonderful things. Church attendance is necessary. It is wonderful. Hebrews says that we're not to forsake the assembling together of ourselves. Our, our, our lives are filled with the Word of God. We should daily be reading and, and, and allowing God's Word to become part of our lives, bringing that, that, that Word, the food, the life of God into us. We should be drinking of the Spirit of God, the worship that comes out of us, connecting our hearts to the Lord, worshiping Him. That should be part of our daily lives. And what religion wants to do is religion and legalism wants to take good things 
and then attach a measurement to it. And this is, this is that slave thinking that God says, as my people, you've been delivered from. It's not about the measurements. It's about the heart. Now, it's wonderful to have great measurements. It's wonderful to be able to, uh, to, to know that there is a daily flow of God's word in our life, that we are not leaving, assembling together, that, that I am fellowshipping with believers around me, but I do not do so in order to earn the favor and the grace of God. We are delivered from this measurement slave system. And so this is the place that God is, is teaching his people. And he says things like this. We read in Numbers 28, I believe it's Numbers 16, that, that God tells the people through Moses, he said, hey, when you come before me, don't come before me empty-handed. When you, you come to, to worship and you come to give, bring something. And, and, and it, again, this is not a measurement principle. This is a place of going, I, I want to I connect. The Lord says that, that it's a sweet aroma to him. He's attached himself to, to my, the offering of my life that, that, that it would be food to him. It's amazing. Jesus comes and he, he ends the separation of God and man, and by belief in Jesus, you and I are welcomed into the presence of God. And Romans says it this way, Paul says in Romans 12, what that looks like for you and I today is that we don't worry about bringing a grain offering or we don't worry about bringing a peace offering and all the different offerings that were there. But Romans 12 says that we present ourselves whole and complete, everything that we are as a living sacrifice. That the measurement, and hear me clearly, this is the measurement. God, he's not going, hey, I want this part of your life. And if I could get this part of your week, that'd be great. And if I could get this part of your finances, that would be great. He, he's going very clearly, I'm after it all. Without measure, I am after it all. He's after us whole and complete. And there's a principle that, that is a vision of grace that God wants to show us in how we offer the, the, the gift of our lives. Because you know what? It, nothing that, that we have materially, financially, how many of you know it's not going to move God? You know, the best analogy that I have for this is, uh, you know at Christmas when your kids bring you gifts that they have for you? And, and let's just, so like, all right. So let me just say, once you get to about junior high, I know there's some junior hires in here. Once you get to that senior high, you get into college, yeah, you need to try a little harder to bring a good gift to mom and dad. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I don't know if we need to make like an official cutoff, like 12 years old, you need to really bring it. But you know what? As a dad... Those, I would argue that those are the moments that my kids are most excited about. The, the coloring sheets that they bring. And they're so excited to bring those to me. And they're, they're waiting and they're looking and they're watching for my reaction. Now here's the amazing thing. Everything that they're bringing me, I paid for. 
I mean, whether it's like the, the whatever they picked out at the dollar store, like the, the little football or whatever, the Nerf thing, I, I bought it. It came out of my resources, and yet they're there, and they're going like, Dad, Dad, I can't wait for you to open it. Dad, I can't wait for you to see this. What are they after? They're after the intimacy that happens in that moment. They're bringing, it's not about the measurement. It is about the heart that we bring. And what God was teaching his people through Moses and what he was teaching his people through David and what he's teaching through Solomon and the same spirit of God is speaking to us today is that there is an offering of our lives that is acceptable when it's brought and it's whole and complete and not parceled off. Romans 12 says that this is the acceptable way that we worship. We bring all of ourselves and it reminds us, it points us to the reality. Number one, the grace of God means all that I have is from him. And he's filled my life with his goodness, not that I live as an owner, but I live as a steward. You know, Anna and I are doing the best that we know to do in raising our kids, but my faith is not in our parenting abilities. My faith is that we are walking our children to a relationship with the Father that will never fail them. He does not fail. All that we have is from him. My kids, I get to steward them, but they are his. Before they were mine, they were his. And so this revelation of, of, of everything that I have, it frees us. It transforms us. It moves us from this place of trying to protect and hold and be in fear of the, the, the places of our lives to where we are released to bring it all to him because he's not afraid and he's not ashamed of any of it. You know, the worst of your sin, the worst of your failures, Jesus is very familiar with. He actually took it upon himself. He knows what it feels like. And so these places that were like, I can't release this to God. It's too much, Lord. I, I, I just can't. I'm afraid. And, and, and he, he's going, I already know. Like, not only do I already know that you did it, but I already know what it feels like to have done it. I stepped into that so that you could release that to me. And it's the principle that Moses was teaching. It's the principle that David lived with. It's the principle that Solomon lived with. Is that when we give to a God whose resources are unlimited, he always loves this contest of going, oh, thank you. You'll never outgive me. When you bring your whole self and you bring the brokenness of your life, he just says, thank you. Wait till you see what I have for you. It frees us from this measurement, religious place. It frees us from circumstance. And I love, this is what the Spirit of God was doing through David. In 2 Samuel 23, 23, David is given a place that he could build an altar to worship God. And this is what comes out of him. He says, no, I won't allow you to give it to me. I will buy it because I'm not going to offer anything to God from that which has cost me nothing. 
He said, I'm not going to have any part of my life where I allow familiarity to think that this is just a little deal to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's not going to be diluted. It's not going to be watered down. I know the God that I'm serving. I know his greatness and I know his might. And I'm not going to offer anything to him, that which costs me nothing. Solomon's chosen. I think sometimes we think that Solomon was like the pick of the litter. And man, David like wrote the book on broken family. Solomon was not this, this exalted son. He was kind of in, in isolation. Now think about this. God chose through an affair the next king of Israel. Some of David's worst brokenness birthed the best for God's people. Now think about that. We could, we could stay on that for a while. So David passes to Solomon somehow, and, and there's confusion. Solomon was not welcomed in as king with like all of the people just jumping in and being so excited. He didn't even have the commander of the army with him. He had a guy that, that was one of David's mighty men that he wasn't over the army. He was over the mercenary army. And so the foreigners that were in Israel, they gathered and put an army together. And that was the guy that Solomon had with him. So Solomon didn't have this natural, overwhelming groundswell of support. He's given the kingdom. And not only is he given the kingdom, but his dad says something to him like this. Hey, by the way, um, I need you to build the greatest building that's ever existed as a temple to God. Like, here's your project, son. I'm going to go to sleep now. So Solomon inherits all of this. But what God's Spirit is wanting us to grab onto today is what Solomon grabbed onto. As he went before the Lord, and we're going we're gonna to pick this up in 1 Kings chapter 3. As Solomon went before the Lord... He, he stepped into a place of understanding who he was worshiping. And it's this place that the grace of God means all is given as worship to him. All is given as worship to him. Second King, or excuse me, First Kings chapter 3. Look at verse 2. It says, At that time the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at local places of worship. For a temple honoring the name of the Lord had not yet been built. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places was at Gibeon. So the king went there. Now, now let's pause there. The, the, so Solomon goes there. Now this is what was expected for the king of Israel. When he came before God as the king, he was expected to bring a very nice sacrifice, the sacrifice of a bull. This was, this was a high price. This was something that was of great value. So when he was there, it was expected of the king to bring a bull. But this is the spirit of God that was moving through David, moving through his people, passed down to Solomon, that when he went to appear before God in the humility of knowing, I can't do this. But God, it's not based on whether or not I think I can do it. This whole thing is based on my life found in you. And what came out of him as the offering of his life was not just going, hey, I'm going to 
do the measurable, expected thing with the Lord. I'm going to sacrifice a bull because that's what kings do. No, no, he, he, he stepped to a different place. Look what he did. Uh, this is verse 4. The most important of these places was, uh, of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. He sacrificed a thousand bulls before the Lord. He said, one's acceptable, but I know who I'm serving. I know the majesty of the kingdom that I'm under. I know the authority. I know the power that I want my life to flow under. And he said, so this is an extravagant place. And I want you to see what this does and what happens in his life. And then we're going to go a little further. Verse six says, uh, oh no, verse five, uh, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I'll give it to you. That's a great deal. Like the Lord's like, here's a blank check. Or so my kids can understand it. Here's dad's credit card. Do what you will. See, we, we, we like that. I like, the, I like the blank check response from God. But am I willing to step into a, sacri a sacrificial place of giving all that I am? When it looks like, hey, all that's acceptable is a bull. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not here for what's acceptable. I'm not here for the measurable part. I'm here to worship an immeasurable God that sees and provides beyond what I could ask or think. That's what he did. So God says, ask and I'll give it to you. Solomon replied, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you've continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on the throne. Now, O oh Lord, my God, you made me king instead of my father David. Now listen to how he's pouring out himself. He's not saying this to anybody else. This is Solomon. This is the worship. The thousand bull worship just continues as he pours out every part of his heart. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? And he's just, he's letting it rip. God, I can't do this. Lord, I know that this is too much for me. Who could do this? No one could do this. I can't measure up to my dad. I can't be what he is. He's the greatest king that this nation has ever had. How am I supposed to step into that? He, he is pouring the offering of his life, the whole, the complete, the living sacrifice is being poured out to God. Verse 10 says, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and not ask for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or will ever have. Look at the measurement that God comes back with. He's like, you, you, you think a thousand bulls is a lot? You think pouring out your hearts a lot? Yeah, I, I love it, but let me measure back according to my measurements. I'm not only going to answer what you asked for, I'm going so much further beyond. Not only are you going to be wise, you're going to be the wisest man that's ever lived. 
Not only is my glory going to be over your kingdom, but it's going to be more famous than any other king that's ever lived. This is the measurement of God. And I will give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. And Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. This is hilarious to me. <laughs> like, it had been a dream. Like, at least the translator should have added, like, it had been a really, really good dream. <laughs> God is, is meeting him, speaking to him. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 8 because Solomon builds the temple. And the equivalent to what, what came in what was literally in the billions. That this was a, a gathering of resources that had never been seen before. This is the measurement of God that is being poured out on his people because their hearts were given to him. Because they were being led by a man at this time that was going, God, here it is, I can't do it but I'm gonna worship you from the best that I have. First Kings chapter eight is the dedication of the temple. And I just wanna capture just a couple of moments in here. First Kings chapter eight, verse five. Well, let's, let's start in verse three. It says, when the elders of Israel arrived, the, the priests picked up the ark. The priests and Levites brought up the ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. There before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. See, the, the, the spirit that was over Solomon began to, began to spread and it began to go through the people. And the revelation of who they were worshiping, who was their provider, who was their protector, who was the one that gives purpose, began to flood God's people and they began to worship in a fresh way. And look what happens. So they're giving, they can't count how many. Verse 10 says, when the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. God says, where I'm worshiped and hearts and lives that are whole and complete, not being perfect, but whole and complete in how they are given, I'm gonna pour myself out and I'm gonna meet them in that place and God's glory, just his presence comes down in, in such an incredible way. And you can read it for yourselves later. But, it, but it's a, a, a place that we look at and you cannot measure it. Luke chapter 21 records this with the life of Jesus. A woman speaks to us today from the same measurement. And you know what she gave? She gave the equivalent of a Roman penny. Luke chapter 21 starts and Jesus is watching and he's seeing the, the people coming to worship and it says a widow walks in. She's in a place where, where she no longer has her husband there to provide for her. She has nothing and yet she gives everything. 
She brings the whole, the full, the completeness of her heart and her lives. Jesus is watching and he thinks so much of how she behaved and what she did in worship in bringing all of herself is that it's recorded forever in the word of God for you and I to look at and receive that same spirit. Jesus says, I see it and look, and I saw wealthy people came and they gave out of their abundance and they gave out of their surplus, but what she did is what I'm after. What she did is what I want us to grab a hold of. She gave more than the rest of them combined because she brought herself whole and complete. And she said, I'm going to worship you like you are who you say you are. I'm going to worship you like I believe in you. And I believe what you said about yourself is true. I'm not going to live by the measurements of religion and legalism. I'm going to worship you with everything that I am. And she speaks to us today. Every message of this series, we're going to end in this place. John chapter 6, verse 29. Oh, I got one more. We're going to do one more. We got, we got, I want to say this too. You remember the, the woman at the well with Jesus? You know, something I've wondered about for a while was why Jesus asked her to get him a drink. So she's there, she's a mess. And he, he basically tells her, hey, woman, give me a drink. And you read it and you're like, Lord, okay. I mean, that's one way to start a conversation, but I, didn't, I don't remember that from my evangelism class in seminary. And so she gets him a drink this is John chapter three. So she gives him a drink and when she does, he then begins to tell her, I have living water that when you taste of it, I wanna give this to you, you'll never thirst again. What, what, what was he doing? He was inviting her to know the measurement less place of giving that God has for us. He said, hey, you, you give me a drink of water, I'm gonna give you living water. You bring the brokenness of your life, I'm gonna bring the wholeness of my life. Can we do that? Can we see who he is and respond in worship accordingly? John 6, 29, Jesus said this. He said, this is the one thing the Father asks of you, to believe in the one he sent. This is the measurement. Today, will I believe that he is who he said he is? Will I believe that, that he will receive the offering of my life, the giving of every part of me? And not only will he receive it, but he said, I'll take it and I'm gonna measure back to you beyond anything you could ask, think, or imagine. Wholeness, completeness, life. Would you bow your heads with me? You know, some of you may, may be here and you, you've never walked with Jesus. You've never submitted your heart and said, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's son, that God raised you from the dead. 
And God's kingdom is there for you today, for your life to be found under his rule, his reign, that his grace would speak and his mercy would be declared over your life. And not only would the judgment that was on your life be removed, but the goodness and the grace of God would find you and fill you. And if you're here and you've never received Jesus and the Lord's speaking to you, he's dealing with your heart, you know that he's inviting you to walk with him. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you just to raise your hand. I want to pray with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As soon as you put it up, you can put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? I don't, I don't want to move. Move quickly through this when the Lord's speaking to people. Thank you. Thank you. response for some of us today are the, the places that we've held on to that may be represented by trauma and hard memories and there's fear in us of, of what would happen if I released that what would happen if I chose to forgive that person what would happen if I released what has been done against me to you God and God's Spirit is dealing with you and it's time to respond, to, to be courageous and to respond, not based on your measurement, but His. And to trust Him. I want you to know releasing those things is not releasing them into a passive place. He is not passive when we release our lives and our brokenness to Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray courage over every heart to respond to you today. God, thank you for the ones who boldly are saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want my life in your kingdom under your authority. Lord, thank you that you meet us. And God, you, you meet us in the most incredible ways, in the most powerful ways. We worship you. We praise you for it. Would you join me in standing? I want us to pray together and we're gonna celebrate anytime anyone responds and they say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. We're gonna do that corporately and we're gonna meet with God and see him transform hearts and lives as only he can. And I wanna lead all of us in a prayer. And so if you raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer out loud. All of us are gonna pray it with you and you're gonna step into the family of God and knowing his goodness and your life will never be the same. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, today I surrender my life. I bring it under your kingdom. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I see you as God's Son that died for my sins and rose again. Today I receive your grace and everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Come on, let's praise God together. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we worship you. We praise your name. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or would like to connect with us, visit us at oceanchurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.